Cartoons, the animated frontier. These are the voyages of the Cellcast podcast. It's continuing mission to explore strange new cartoons, to seek out new animation styles and new creative storytelling methods, to boldly go where so few ever go again. Another episode of the Cellcast. Joining me today is a man who has to use a sloth to hold his pants up. Welcome, Jacob. Dun dun dun. <laughs> Am I not surprised you're quoting him? Howard. I hope you know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway, how continue. Why thank you. Let me do so our our co-host. <sighs> Welcome, man. Who just came up with an idea? Welcome, Drew. Photograph. Ouch. Yeah, ouch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ouch, Wawa. Yeah. Yes. So, yes, tonight, here in a couple minutes, we're going to be reviewing The Croods. Yes. But until we get to that point, Jacob, how are you doing? <laughs> Besides not laughing my butt off from the last thing we did. <laughs> we'll talk about that once we get to what we've been watching. Yes, agreed, agreed. But I am doing great. Uh, it's been a long day. It's been, yeah, it's been a very long day, let's say that. At work and then getting home and doing notes and then about to leave and then something else comes up and it's like, huh. And then we get over here, well, we, do, we do something really cool and then we, we're doing this. Yes. When you got to go, you got to go. Exactly. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. So what have you been, how are you, how are you doing by the way? I'm doing good. Uh, the biggest thing that probably, I don't know if you, the listener on the podcast know that can tell this, but I finally got our soundboard set up. So now that should be less editing on my part. Should be more likely that I can get these episodes out first thing Saturday morning. In other words, edit the episode in time that I can actually schedule the post to go up at midnight instead hmm. of three or four o'clock the next day. <laughs> uh, so I, I've done that, um, you know, hung out, had a good, uh, you know, nothing cr- too terribly crazy other than getting the soundboard set up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... We want to talk about what we just got done doing as we jump into what we've been watching. Oh my god. We just got done recording a a review for a commercial. A first. (laughs) Very much a first. For Taco Bell. (laughs) If y'all have not seen the Taco Bell Fries Force commercial, a very heavily anime-inspired commercial, y'all need to go watch it. It's fun, it's crazy, and when you get done watching it, Go listen to our review, which I will have out before the end of this week. If you are hearing this on the podcast, you already have it in your feed. Just go one episode up. It's going to be there. I don't even know what I'm going to do for the artwork yet. I may just take a clip. I don't know. But definitely go watch the Fry Force commercial. Listen to our episode. We heavily enjoyed that. It will be out by the end of the week. Yeah. Hashtag not sponsored. Definitely not sponsored. Although, would it mind Taco Bell, I mean... <laughs> You're listening? Wouldn't would mind a sponsorship. No, I wouldn't mind a sponsorship at all. And maybe throw in uh, some of those nacho cheese fries. Yeah. So I can actually try them because... <laughs> They're pretty good. I don't go by Taco Bell often enough. <laughs> If we're being honest. Well, they're, they're not gourmet food, but... And, and our Taco Bell is in a bad spot in 
to get to <laughs> if you're going to drive through. Right. But <laughs> either way, my gosh, <laughs> that, that was, that was such a fun episode. It was to be Frank, to be Frank, not, not Frank, like some, uh, another Frank we know, <laughs> but, uh, to be Frank, it was quite literally last night. Drew texted me or messaged me in some capacity. Well, let saying, me tell the story. Yeah, go tell the story. With, it starts with me. Yes, it does start with or you. It, really start, it doesn't really start with me. It starts with the fact that last night, after I got done playing Destiny with one of my friends, I jumped into uh, Dallas of Geek Devotions's uh, Play and Pray stream, and about halfway through that, we the Taco Bell Fry Force commercial that we've been talking about comes up. And he goes and doesn't just uh, watch it and we talk about it. He goes into this whole, like, frame-per-frame analysis of this whole commercial. Wow. And then about right as they're finishing up, I happened to be doing some Google searching because I was kind of doing, like, you know, three things at once, like you do. Yeah. Some of it was research for tonight. Mm -hmm. And somehow I came across the fact there was a manga. (laughs) Because I was actually trying to look up information. I was trying to figure out who some of these cast people were because I was curious. Yes. And I came across, and I ended up on Taco Bell's Fry Force site somehow. Mm-hmm. I was like, there's a manga? I got to share this. <laughs> and then I just pop off, uh, Dallas. I tell you what, I'm going to review this thing <laughs> tomorrow. I'm going to get Jacob to review this. Before I even told you. No, you didn't. <laughs> I, I, I'm... I'm spouting this off. I was like, we're going to review this and uh, get, tell you what, we'll have that out by Friday. <laughs> wow. And then so, he, yeah. and then he sends me the text. I'm like, like oh, oh my gosh. We need to do this commercial. We need to review this commercial tomorrow night. And I'm just like, send, you, you get, you get the eyebrow. Like, oh, like, huh? And I said, oh, wait a minute. I need to send him the actual link to the commercial. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I send that. And then about half an hour later, I think, because I think you must've been in the middle of watching the movie for tonight. I don't know this. I'm guessing. What, last night? Yeah. Yeah. I'm assuming that's why you didn't immediately respond. Right. But 30 minutes later, you pop off, oh, yes, we do need to do this. <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. Uh, but anyway. Yes. Outside of epic Mexican spice-themed anima- <laughs> Japanese animation, <laughs> what have you been watching? All right. So I have started watching Star Wars, The Clone Wars, Again. season six. Oh, you're on season six. I'm um, on okay. season six. I watched through the first four episodes and oh, like the storytelling in this one arc, it's four episodes. And if you've seen it, season six or the first four episodes of season six, you know what I'm talking about. And uh, it's just like, whoa, this is like really legit, deep storytelling. And it's just like, oh my gosh, amazing. And yeah, no wonder people like this. Like season six is like, okay, what happens next? <laughs> Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm watching that. And then the other night, uh, I was trying to figure out something because I was bored. I was trying to figure out what I want to watch. And uh, Disney Movie Club uh, sent me, that, you know, hashtag not sponsored. Uh, they just, because I'm a member and they sent me this uh, this uh, bundle pack, mm-hmm. bundle pack a couple of months ago. I think it was during Christmas or whatever. And, uh, you know, during a COVID Christmas. Yes. Um uh, it was Snowvid. It could have been. I don't know. I don't remember. Anyways, uh, send me this pound. I I hadn't watched it yet. And so I thought I had watched Ice Age at one point. Apparently I haven't. (laughs) So I watched it for the first time. I'm like, this is a nice little, nice heart warm little movie. I I was, I was pretty good. Yeah. I was kind of shocked. 
I can't say the same for some of the other ones. Yeah. How many sequels are there? I think there's four movies total. Yeah. It's it was Blue Skies' biggest franchise. Agreed. But uh yeah, that is all I've been watching. Um Yeah, that's basically all I've been watching. What about you? Well, I watched of course some more common writer because I'm mm. slowly working my way through that as I listen to the pot view that on their podcast. Mm. Uh I'm trying to stay ahead of them, so the episodes I watched uh most recently, uh they haven't released the episodes on yet, of course. Yeah. I think I have found the episode, or at least hit the episode that happened after the original guy who was in the suit got injured. Because mm. the the first common writer, he was uh, the suit actor and the actor were the same person, mm. which is cool. Don't get me wrong, right? But uh, he got injured at one point, and they had to shoot around it. And I was always trying to figure out. I, I knew it was coming because I know there's a second one that will replace him while he's off, while the actor was off doing, because uh, his recovery was taking longer, I mm-hmm. guess, than they thought it would. Yeah. Because he got injured in like a stunt on the show. Okay. I think I found the episodes where he was first off the show. Hmm. Because uh, he only has appeared, the actor himself has only appeared in what looks like stock footage for the most part. Okay. Maybe some stuff that may have been filmed before that that we're just getting now used. I don't know. Mm. But uh, Kamen Rider just now, the story is now following other people. But when it's time for the fight, Kamen Rider shows up for no good reason. <laughs> There's even one shot. Keep, bear in mind, the the girl that's going around with him in mm. this, she doesn't know he's Kamen Rider. Okay. There's a point here where he transforms in front of her and she still doesn't know he's Kamen Rider. Wow. So he doesn't transform on screen. It's just, oh, they're riding motorcycles. And then this camera's focused in on her while they're seeing all this happen. Uh, she gets attacked, and the camera zooms out, and there's Common Rider in the same spot as she was a minute ago. <laughs> it's like, good night. I know I can be dense. But she is really dense if she doesn't know that's Takeshi by this point. <laughs> uh, what can I say? Yeah, so it's, I'm, it's watching, television. I'm watching that, and then... Uh, uh, I have, I, I need to get back to Clone Wars because I'm just at, still at the beginning of season five, but I am trying to get caught up on Star Trek Discovery because mm-hmm. I have not finished season three yet. Season four is not for a while, but I've been kind of feeling guilty about finishing it because mm-hmm. I've only got like five episodes left of the season. I should. And it, it's finally getting good again. Oh, Okay. Discovery has been up and down. It's like it can't find its level of quality that mm. it should be sticking at. But, you know, fair enough. It's still a good show for the most part. Whether it's Star Trek is a secondary matter, but you know what? I'm still enjoying it. Mm. Um, all, I, all I can say about that is Star Trek jar. <laughs> I just stuck my tongue at him for you audio listener. Um, stuck his tongue at me. That's Let's what I that. mean. Not the camera, at him. <laughs> Inside joke. Inside joke, yes. <laughs> Also, I am playing, still playing through uh, Yakuza 0. Yes. I think I'm two-thirds of the way through the game. Okay. I now need to hurriedly finish this up before the end of August. Okay. So I can at least count these points towards me and Backlog Golf. Okay. On Retro Rewind's channel. I gotcha. So, that's why I'm not watching too much else, is I'm trying to power through this game. Understood. Other than that, that pretty much is what I've been watching. Excellent. What do we got in the news? News, not a whole lot, actually. Let me pull it up. Because the only bit of news I actually posted to our site or our Facebook page, uh, which is the Cellcast Podcast, if you're mm-hmm. not you're not part of that yet. All right. So uh, <laughs> apparently on August 8th, uh, this was like, what is it today? The 11th. 
Yeah, it's the tenth. Uh, on August eighth, two thousand. Uh, two. I wish that was two thousand. Uh, nineteen eighty six. Transformers movies were released on theaters. So I thought that was very interesting because I saw someone else on. Uh, someone else I follow on Facebook. They posted it because they're a huge Transformers fan, mm-hmm. and uh, I was like, "Oh my gosh, I gotta post that!" And then you posted something, be like, "By the way, if you yeah, can't, today. yeah, if you can't see it, it's probably then glowing in the background. Probably is uh, by, dream- right by Jacob's head. Yeah, exactly, right there. Uh, that's the what is that? The brand new? Uh, it's the 4K HDR restoration. Wow, the Shout Factory release in a steelbook. Wow. <laughs> first version of this i've owned since the 15th anniversary to 10th anniversary i think it was the 10th it was whatever one that was released on toy store shelves instead of electronics it was a dvd wow and it had the lenticular um front on it huh it never worked because the lenticular was damaged so you had half optimus prime half hot rod <laughs> all the time <laughs> never would work all right so uh drew posted this to our our, our, our facebook page uh, apparently they have Idris Elba. I'm pretty much saying Idris Elba is yeah. going to be playing Knuckles, Knuckles <laughs> in Sonic 2. I was like, okay. That was just announced today. Wow. <laughs> and that's the casting I didn't realize I actually wanted until I saw it. I was like, I wonder if Idris Elba raps because I want to hear his rendition of Unknown from M.E. from Sonic Adventure. You never know. Oh my gosh. Like, uh, I, I, I saw I saw I, a magic at Master Emerald Holder. <laughs> my spikes go through boulders. That's why I stay alone. I was born by myself. <laughs> I know too much of this. <laughs> just just a little bit of a nerd. A little bit. Just a touch, I, I, just I, I can't say much for myself, but uh, yeah, that's that's very interesting. The fact that like, you posted that, it's like Oh my gosh, I didn't mean like the, the site I, I considered checked. it. Huh? I honestly had never considered Idris Elba for the role of Knuckles. Mm. I don't know why I didn't, because honestly, now that I think about it, much sense. And plus, Idris Idris Elba is a fantastic actor. Yes. Like every time I ever see him in anything, I'd be like, he's amazing at it. But yeah, I could see him as Knuckles because I've seen Knuckles in a few things. Yeah. Now, granted, most of them, he's more of a, like, a thunderhead but well don't go off the sonic boom version i'm not <laughs> that is more playing into that now, he, now admittedly knuckles is the guy who continually gets uh tricked by dr robotnik yes mm-hmm. i said robotnik uh <laughs> into uh working for him but right it is what it is yeah so that is all i have in the news well i've got one more bit that you may have missed okay and it's a sad bit of news oh okay Actress Thea White, who is best known as the voice of Muriel in Courage the Cowardly Dog, mm. sadly passed away Friday. Uh, I can't see what the date is. I think it's last week. But uh, she passed away uh, at 11.05 at the age of 81. Her final film appearance mm. is in Scooby-Doo meets Courage the Cowardly straight out of nowhere. Really? Mm-hmm. She That's... did played her role, that last role, as her most famous character. Wow. We've been going to need to do that at some when it's it released. This hasn't released yet. Okay. I want to see that because I love Courage the Cowardly Dog. That's awesome. Have you ever watched it? No, I never have. I, I, I've seen the intro and you know clips here and there, but I've never watched actually Cowardly We may have to get a selection. Maybe not a full animated series review, but some selections. Okay. Just to give you a taste. Okay. Well, it is, it is 90s. Is it 90s? Oh, it's 2000s. It's some of the... Oh, it's uh, 2000s. Okay. It's like some of the first digital animations uh, Cartoon Network. Oh, okay. 
around the same time they were also uh, Ed, Ed, and Eddie that was also on the channel was the last Cell animation ever on television. Oh, okay. I know a lot of stuff. Anyway, mm. that's <laughs> I, I wanted to at least get that out there. I gotcha. Yes, Josh. Scooby-Doo meets Courage the Cowardly Dog, a match made in heaven. So also something I didn't realize I wanted until I heard it existed. <laughs> it needs. I want to watch it right now, but it's not out yet. So, and also to Thomas, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> such language. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> on that note, we need to jump into our spoiler-free section. Yes, of our review <laughs> of the movie The Crudes. Uh-huh. This was my second viewing, but honestly, I barely, barely, barely remember the first viewing. Okay. I just know I did watch it. I knew all the plot points. I just couldn't remember how. It ended and how important Green Cat was. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I forgot how important he But yes, uh, I enjoyed the movie. It's pri- It's one of those movies that I remembered thinking was so-so. Mm-hmm. But when I rewatched it, I thought, this is actually really good. It's yeah. a very tight storyline. Yeah, agreed. Uh, and it's something I think the whole family can enjoy. Uh, so yeah, definitely for kids. Yes, most definitely for kids. Um, there might be some scary imagery, but not much. Uh, this is based somewhat, I'm going to say somewhat because it's not exact, but it's based somewhat on what people think was going on during the Age of Cavemen, but there's a lot there they intentionally don't do. Yeah. I'll say that. It's it's not exactly based, it's just based on those concepts of, you know, right. cavemen and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, what do you think? Uh, I enjoyed it tremendously and I was, I, this is my first time watching it and it just floored me. I, I am watching it for the first time. And I'm laughing my ever living butt off like, and Nicholas Cage's performance. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like all the performances in this movie are great. The, the cinematography, the animation is beautiful. Uh, color, the use of color, the, the, the pure creativity and, uh, the, you know, I, I did a stitch impression for a really good reason with this film. Yes, you did. Yes, I did. He, like, he comes up a lot in this. Yes, he does. Dun, dun, a lot. <laughs> so, yes. Be like, yes. Is it family friendly? Yes. Would I recommend it? Yes. Mm-hmm. When I, I think that's going to bring us to the end of our spoiler free section. Mm-hmm. So I think our consensus is if you've not seen The Croods, go watch it. Yep. In the meantime, we're going to jump into our intermission and our bumpers, and we will see you on the other side. Mm -hmm. Don't forget that you can download... Download? Don't forget that you can... Don't forget that you can listen to us record the podcast live every Tuesday over on our Facebook page, The Cellcast, our uh, Twitch channel, The Cellcast Gaming, and on YouTube at Cellcast. Also, don't forget to join our Patreon if you would like to support us monetarily. At $1, you'll get our everlasting thanks. At at our $5 tier, you can get some artwork from Jacob. And at our $10 tier, you can get bloopers for for every episode we've released that I've remembered to release them for. And you can get commentaries from different movies. So come check us out over there if you would like to support us financially. Also, we are a part of Pop Americana, where you can enjoy other shows like Franchise Fatigue, Do you like movies? Of course you do. I bet you even like big movie franchises like Star Wars, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and Indiana Jones. And obviously, since you listen to us, you must like listening to movie reviews. But when... 
But what if I were to tell you there is a podcast that reviews film series one movie at a time? You'd like that? Well, then go check out the Franchise Fatigue podcast over on your favorite podcast catcher and listen to James and Gabe give an in-depth analysis and review on every movie in your favorite franchise. The following is a spoiler-filled review for the movie The Crude. Listener discretion is advised. The Crudes was written and directed by Kirk D'Amico, who is directing the upcoming movie Vivo. Oh, and Chris Sanders, who is most well-known for directing Lilo and Stitch. The story, however, was is also by John Cleese of mm. Monty Python and the Holy, Holy Grail fame. Cast includes Nicolas Cage as Grug, who is most well-known for playing Benjamin Franklin Gates in National Treasure. Face off. That too. Emma Stone playing Eep, and she played both Stella and Cruella in Cruella. Hmm most recently. Ryan Reynolds plays Guy, and he recently played Detective Pikachu in Pokemon Detective Pikachu. And so happened his newest film is called Free Guy. Indeed. Yes. He's also Deadpool. Moving on. Yes. <laughs> Catherine Keener plays Ugga. I believe that's the one. And she was Evelyn Dever in The Incredibles 2. Really? Indeed. Cloris Leachman was Gran, and she is most well known to me for playing Frau Blucher. Uh, Clark Duke played Thunk, and in The Office, he played a character named Clark. Randy Thom was the voice of Sandy, and he's also known as the voice of none other than the dragon himself, Toothless, but only in How to Train Your Dragon 2, not the others. Huh. I guess that's the only one where he made enough noise for a voice, or maybe they got other people. Yeah, it's more like... Probably. And then, uh, of course, Chris Sanders had his cameo as Belt. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's, of course, known, best known, at least to us, for playing Stitch in Lilo and Stitch. Ohana means family. And for our Kingdom Hearts connection, we go back to Stitch. Because Chris Sanders played Stitch also in Kingdom Hearts, along with, of course, here. Eh. And he is our only Kingdom Hearts connection, which considering there's only like eight people in this movie. Yeah. That's pretty good. We got at least that. That part. So, uh, yeah, that brings me to the end of my of my stuff. What do we got in Info and Stiff? Uh, it is available uh, apparently for free on Peacock. I didn't know that. But also you can purchase it on Amazon Prime Video 99. It's not bad. I, 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 I bought it on Amazon Prime uh, for its two-pack. And I'm looking forward to the second one, minus Chris Sand. Um, is he belt? Huh? Is he belt? I don't know. <laughs> Either way, uh, IMDb, it is a 7.2 at its end. Production was DreamWorks Animation, distributed by now the non-Fox, 20th Century Fox, uh, is released uh, first in Belgium, or Berlin, uh, February 15, 2000, March. It's box office. Uh, it's an estimated budget of 135 million. It's U.S. and Canada uh, opening week on March 4th, 2003. It's uh, U.S. Canadian Canada uh, was 187. Its worldwide gross was 500 million dollars. It definitely made his money back. Mm-hmm. All right. So home release. Uh, the Crudes was released on Blu-ray, DVD, October 2003 comes with a belt, and it was, uh, February February 2015 nine uh, nine million home entertainment. Uh, uh, it came out on 17. Uh, it does have a scene that uh titled a new age. It actually launched a, se- a series. I was very shocked by this. I think I remember something like a Netflix. Yes, it was a Netflix. Uh, on Netflix, and it's a Dawn of Crudes. 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 I know. Dawn of the Crudes. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it has a series. I don't know if it's new yet, but uh, 
Yeah, so yeah, that is all I have for an info and stuff. All right. Getting to the summary. An eccentric cave family named the Crudes, consisting of Grug, Eep, Ugga, Thunk, Sandy, and Gran, survived several natural disasters by sheltering inside a cave for days and nights. The harsh circumstances influenced Grug's stubbornness, overprotective parenting, and refusal to let anyone leave the cave except for short periods of time to gather food. Due to watching several of their neighbors die to the natural selection. Eep loves her family, but frequently rebels against these structures, instead desiring to discover something new, a concept her family feared. One night, Eep sneaks out when she sees a light and encounters an inventive modern human boy named Guy and his pet sloth belt, who have made a torch. He warns her of an impending apocalypse and offers to help her escape, but Eep elects to stay with her family. Guy leaves her a shell horn to blow if she needs help, but when Eep returns to her frantic family, they destroy the horn out of fear of new. A massive earthquake destroys the cave and surrounding lands, and the Crudes flee into a jungle they discover before their home mountain. Ah. A massive earthquake destroys the cave and surrounding lands, and the Crudes flee into a jungle they discover below their home, encountering a Maconivore, a brightly colored feline who Grand dubs Chunky. Mm -hmm. The family frees him, flees him until he is scared off by swarms of Piranaki. They devour a ground whale. Making another horn, Eep calls to Guy, who rescues them with his fire. After a great deal of confusion regarding the crude's first contact with fire, Grug begrudgingly realizing he and his family need Guy's invention to survive, imprisons Guy in a log so he can guide them to a safe place. To appease Grug, Guy suggests the crudes go to the mountain where there are caves, though in reality he and the other crudes doubt the wisdom of During the journey, Guy makes attempts to escape the log, but mainly fails due to the crude's constant arguing. Grug attempts to steal a bird's egg for dinner, but catches a scorpion instead. And Guy, having successfully escaped the log with Eep's help, teaches Eep how to lay a trap for the birds itself. For the bird itself, Guy endears himself to most of the crudes by inventing rudimentary shoes for the family and other ideas, which help them along the way. He also tells the story of tomorrow, a land of light where curiosity is not to be feared. While most of the crudes grow more attached to Guy. Grug becomes jealous of him, especially when he notices Guy and Eep are starting to fall in love. His disastrous attempts to fight against change and to come up with inventions and ideas of his own to win his family back only further embarrassed him, his family becoming distant from him and cause him and Ugga to have a serious discussion. The family finds a cave, but no one except Grug wants to go in. Having learned to adapt to living outside and how they don't want to survive, and how they don't want to survive, they want to live. Eep stands up to her father and proclaims everyone else's decision to go to tomorrow with Guy. Angered, Grug attacks Guy, but the two fall over a cliff into a tar flow. Guy reveals that he lost his own family to a tar flow and believes they are doomed. Grug, softened by the story, decides that he and Guy will have to work together to escape. They make a dummy to attract Chunky, who mistakes them for a female cat and pulls them free. A volcanic cataclysm begins and Guy and the Crudes flee until they are halted at the edge of a chasm where the continents are drifting apart. Grug feels the sun's warmth through the smoke and realizes that they, there may be good land on the other side. 
Grug tosses the others over the chasm one by one, knowing that he will be left behind. He shares his latest invention, a hug, before throwing her with the rest of the family. They land unharmed on fertile land on the opposite cliff, while Grug shelters. Grug encounters Chunky, who reveals he is scared of the dark. He's comfort with instead of attacking him. Hearing Eep blowing her horn to mourn him, Grug assumes they are calling for his help and come up with his biggest new idea. He uses tar, fire, a whale rib cage, and the piranha key to create a makeshift airship in which he, Chunky, and several other animals escape the final eruption and fly over the chasm to join the others. Grug is welcomed lovingly back as the leader of the family, and Eep returns his hug. Together with Guy and their new pet, the Croods begin a new life in a tropical mountainside that leads down to the seashore, where they can follow the sun every day and enjoy inventions both Guy and Grug getting into the trivia for them. Chunky the McConavore mm-hmm. started out as a bit of a joke in yes. the art department. Artist Leighton Hickman was bored with the drab colors intended for creatures in the desert scenes and painted the saber-toothed tiger with bright parrot colors. The filmmakers liked the look of the McConavore so much that it made it into, into the final film. Before the film's release, DreamWorks Animation was suffering from major disaster box office returns and generally mixed word-of-mouth reception for Rise of the Guardian. While Guardians did gross more than a $145 million budget, it still did not turn a profit for DreamWorks due to its high production and marketing costs, forcing the studio to take an $83 million write-down. This marked the first time the studio had lost money on an animated film since Sinbad Legend of the Seven Seas in 2003. As a result of, the combi- of this, combined with other factors, in February 2013, the studio announced it was laying off 350 employees as part of a company-wide restructuring. If the Crudes had bombed even worse than Guardian, the studio would lay off even more employees and face the potential possibility of a bankruptcy. The Crudes then opened on March 22, 2013, to glowing positive reviews and wildly enthusiastic acclaim from audiences, eventually earning more than $186 million in the U.S. and over $583 million worldwide, earning its place to be the sixth highest-grossing film of that year, besting Oz the Great and Powerful, Pacific Rim, Star Trek Into Darkness, and World War Z. It remarkably helped DreamWorks earnings rise higher than $162.8 million to $213.4 million in the second quarter of 2013, one of the best financial earnings ever received in the company's history. Over the years, the story transitioned from a buddy comedy featuring the characters of Grug and Guy to a family-themed tale with a host of other major characters. Almost all of the animals depicted in the movie never existed, nor could they even have existed under the basic laws of physics and biology. They're all chimeras, fantasy creations designed by putting together parts of extremely different animals. A pre-production excursion to Zion National Park in Utah inspired the creation of environments for the film's first act. Clark Duke named Thunk's pet Douglas, which is the first name of his agent. Ryan Reynolds, Catherine Keener, and Clark Duke all make their animated feature film debuts. The film was announced in 2005 under the working title Crude Awakening, originally a stop-motion animated film being made by Ardman Animations as a part of a five-film DreamWorks animation. John Cleese and Kirk D'Amico uh, had been working together on a feature based on Roald Dahl's story The Twits a project that never went into production. DreamWorks got a copy of their script and liked it and invited Cleese and D'Amico over to take a look at the company's ideas to see if they found something they would like to work with. They chose a basic story idea about two cavemen on the run, an an inventor and a Luddite, and wrote the first few drafts of the script. 
With the departure of Aardman in the beginning of 2007, though, the rights for the film reverted to DreamWorks and Cleese went on to... In March 2007, Chris Sanders uh, joined DreamWorks to work on Kung Fu Panda and direct this film, with intentions to significantly rewrite the script. In September 2008, it was reported that Sanders took over How to Train Your Dragon, putting the crudes on hold and thus postponing its original schedule for a year to a then-planned March 2012. The film's final title, The Crudes, was revealed in May 2009, along with a new co-director, Kirk D'Amico. In March 2011, the film got another delay, being pushed back a year to March 1st, 2013, and finally settled at March 22nd. The Crudes marked the first collaboration between Chris Sanders and Alan Silvestri since Lilo and where he where the two got along very well and earned Sylvester and Annie Award nomination for Best Music Production. That's what I... Awesome. What is your first like? My first... Uh, this is a roller coaster in animation. Sorry, I was reading... <laughs> no, roller you're good. Animation? Roller coaster of animation in color. Yes. Because, like, watching this movie the first time, I'm like, wow. Because when I, when, I, when I first watched it, I'm thinking, like, oh, Nicolas Cage is in this movie. It's like, oh, great. Because we, we know... Because if you've heard our review on Astro Boy... Like, yeah, he was kind of flat. <laughs> yeah. Astro Boy, he wasn't really acting. No. This so, honestly, movie, he was acting. Oh, my gosh. I was so blown away by his acting in this one. But the, the animation in this film, definitely when you get to the, I guess you would call it the second act, is yeah. where the, you know, the crudes have to find a new home and they leap off in this, you know, the, the, into, uh, the forest. into the forest. And it's just, like, amazing. Well, like, you're looking at, like, you know, you're you're going from a very bland, very drab kind of environment where be like where Eep is more. I can understand why because it's like you live in an environment like that. It's kind of depressing in a way. Yeah. But when, once you jump into the 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 lower jungle, it's absolutely incredible. But like you you meet all these fantastic creatures and characters, and I'll get into that in a minute. But um, uh, just how they use they use uh they use lighting, they use color for very dramatic effects. And uh, just I was blown away by a lot, like the use of color. A lot of the animation was just very beautiful to watch, and I was just blown away by it. I was just like, "Wow, this is really good." That's my number one. What's yours? Uh, my number one is that Grug is. A yeah, that is a good idea. That's a good one. I mean, yeah, he does invent the photograph. Ow! Ow! Yeah. Ouch. But I mean, and while his storytelling was much to be done, right. at least in its ending. Yeah, he does. They done, all die. <laughs> he has done a lot of cave paintings. Yes, and they're really good cave paintings. They I mean, are. They're not, you know, uh, Picasso. I mean, right. For someone who's just messing, uh, moving dirt around with his mm -hmm. fingers, you know exactly what they are. Yeah, they're very basic and simple. They're done so well, and so I like how this big, rough, mm -hmm. strong character. Prima probably primarily thing muscle for them. Mm -hmm. He the tells himself that, and the protector of the family. Right. He's got a sense of sight because he's yeah own creative outlet. Yeah, I, I I can totally relate with that. I think anybody who is creative uh like gets that. Be like mm -hmm. there there is a there is a release, there is a uh um it's like whenever you start drawing or you're creative, if it's art, if it's you know, I, I don't know, anything. It's just, it's it's a nice release. It's a nice to be like, ah, I'm in my zone. I can do I can do my thing. Mm -hmm. And if it's music, it's the exact same way. I've talked to artists oh, like yeah. that. And it's just like it's you're pouring your passion out, your love out. And uh for uh crew? What's that's Grug. Grug, okay. I'm terrible with names. Grud. It rhymes with Yeah, Grug. Uh it's just more like when the, the scene that get the that got me the most when it comes to him and his art is when he's alone in the cave and doesn't mm -hmm. realize that uh Chunky is there. Yeah. And uh he's 
Like he, he used the fire that he learned from guy and he lights it up and he starts, you know, taking the, the, uh, the ash dirt, which is grinded in with the, uh, the red and it's just using all the, uh, it's just creative. And then you get uh chunky, which I just love. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll get that. In one of my likes later, but yeah, just like the, the art in this movie, definitely by Krug is just really, really well done for, you know, something that is done by a caveman who hates the idea of thinking, but he thinks a lot actually through yeah. his art It's very, it's very expressive. And I just really, really enjoy that part of it. Good point. What's your second line? My second line would be, uh, this one got me. It's, it's, it's an overwhelming theme in the movie. Uh, heading to towards the sun and away from the dark, mm-hmm. and this this idea that uh, Krug and his family, the the Crudes, uh, live in live in darkness. They live in and uh, and then you have Guy who shows up and starts bringing them out of the darkness. And the idea that Crude is just, he's afraid of change. And he's has a fear of the the unknown. And there's a, when uh, I'm watching this movie. And obviously as a Christian, but like, you're always trying to bring, you know, pull parallels. Yeah. And just like this verse popped in my head, which, you know, that's what the Holy Spirit does. It pops in your head. So I thought this verse was very uh, poignant to this movie. And uh, it's in first John four. Uh, it's verse 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love cast out fear for, for fear has with punishment. And whoever fears has, has not been perfect. Uh, perfected it's this idea that uh grug is like the idea that he's scared and he doesn't want to lose his family but the idea that there's there is there's hope and there's there the the idea of there there's something better there's tomorrow out there and the idea of change scares him and i just i love the idea that it's it's the idea that it's his love for his family that he, he starts changing. He becomes a better man or a caveman in this way to uh, to adapt to what's going on. It's this idea of overcoming fear, and it's it's through his love for his family. And I just thought that was a nice parallel. I was, I was trying to think of the the passage when I was just going through it, and it was like, you know what, that works. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, it's just the idea of overcoming fear through love. And definitely through more the the Christian uh, the 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 love of Christ who died for our sins that we may have a right relationship with God and having that kind of love of, of agape love that transcends everything else rather than you know what we normally know of as like worldly love or anything like that mm-hmm. and it's 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 the if if you if you don't know who Christ is be like you know talk to somebody uh, definitely you know you, someone that uh, can talk you through that. Um, so yeah, this idea that, you know, overcoming love, overcoming fear in love, it's just like that, that was powerful. That was really, really powerful. Definitely the, 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 uh, what you think is the end point where, um, uh, Grug and, uh, Ip, 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 uh, is that, that, that moment where she's trying to say that like she loves her father and uh, that he he says it first. I'm like that was touching. Mm-hmm. And then he throws her over the, the chasm. And uh, I was like, wow, that's really good. And then you get into the cave scene. And it's it's a really really good scene. I like I like this film. It's really really good. So that's yeah. my second is uh, escaping the darkness and going into the light. never go, go back. back. <laughs> Sorry, Zap. <laughs> when you said that, anyway, my second like is Grugs technically real inventions. Okay. Like the f- ouch. ouch. 
Um, mm. But he, a couple of those other ones, I don't remember exactly what they are off the top of my head. But you listen what you listen to what he describes. It's like okay, yeah, we have those. It's just not in the way you're doing it because we have other intervening technology describing much more practical and, and effective l- and less painful and less painful. Yeah. <laughs> Ouch. Don't forget his ride that everyone has. I'm thinking, yeah, you're going to have a ride later on in this, namely chunky. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. There's your ride. Yep. But uh, yeah, I, I, I love how he's almost ahead of his time. And that's like what part of his problem here. Yeah. He's worried about the past, about, yeah. about the future. Exactly. Because he, he's worried about his family getting, you know, hurt. Exactly. But at the same time, he's, uh, he is thinking about the films. He's got an imagination where he's actually coming up with things that we actually have just in a lot more yeah. uh, practical way than what he kind of made up. Yeah. So yeah, that's my second like is technically real inventions. Yeah. There again. Ouch. <laughs> Very much. Ouch. All right. So this one, I'm, I'm uh, for some reason, this podcast has got me liking cats more and more and more. <laughs> So uh, sounds like we need to do Cinderella so we can get mad at Lucifer <laughs> and Lucifer. Uh, we will do that eventually. I, I, I have it planned. Um, cause obviously we're going to do it cause it's Cinderella. Yes. Um, uh, my second is the pure creativity when it comes to like the animals, like the fact that like, they make all of these amazing hybrids mm-hmm. and it's just like, Oh my gosh, I would have never thought of that. Yeah. Like the punch monkey is a good idea. Punch monkey is a good idea. Yeah, the like the land shark. It was like what was it? Gator the land whale. The land whale. That was pretty interesting. The uh, what was it? The the gator shark. There's a couple of different things. Yeah, there was so that was so good. And then you get chunky. <laughs> yes. Which is like what is he a para? para- well, he's called a carnivore. A carnivore. Yeah, it's a carnivore. Which is a combination of macaw uh, carnivore. So I guess he's a parrot cat. He's a parrot cat. It's it's more like he has like the the colorations of a macaw. Tiger cat. Yeah, tiger cat. There you go. Tiger cat. He's a tiger cat. Tiger. Wait, cat. Tiger cat. That doesn't work. That doesn't make any sense. He's a bird cat. <laughs> wow. Wow. I'm a cat. I'm a cat. I'm a cat. He's, he's a, a cat. Ma- he's a cat. But it's like when you first see uh, Chunky, it's like for the longest time I was trying to like, what did they call him, Chunky? And it was like he has this enormous head. Yeah. And this little body, little fluffy tail. And it's well, just, I mean, at first when you see him, he's like, okay, this is obviously the quote unquote villain of the piece. Yeah. He's going to be chasing them all over creation. And that's, you know, that's going to make him the villain. Yeah. Then you get the bear out. And, and the more you watch, you realize he's too cute to be a villain. <laughs> he's a big kitten. <laughs> Literally. He is literally a big kitten. There is a much bigger McConnivore out there somewhere. Oh, yeah. That I assume maybe is going to come up in Crudes 2, the new legacy or whatever it's called. The new age. New age. I combined Crudes (laughs) with Space Jam. (laughs) Anyway, um, I I assume there's got to be a much bigger version that's going to attack them at some point. Right. Because that's got to be a kitten. I'm sorry. It has to be a kitten. Yeah. He looks like a kitten. Yeah. The overall design of uh, Chunky is like. Like he's like they said, like with the idea that when they were designing this character and you had all these desert scenes and he just made him green. Mm-hmm. I was like, OK, he kind of looks like Cringer, but he's cute, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, cute. <laughs> but uh, I just I, I like the design. I thought the uh, the, the cave scene between uh, uh, and Grug. Yeah, him and Grug. I was like, oh my gosh, like Grug's going to eat the cat. Well, especially <laughs> and when, it's like, Rawr. especially when um, 
Chunky is sitting there. He breathes and the torch goes out. Yes. And they're trying to blow back out. <laughs> and, and it's like, it, it goes out. And you get this little rustle. And all of a sudden, they're both trying to make the torch lit because they're both afraid of the dark. It's like, okay, yeah, you're not the villain no more. No, you're not. It was, you're, it was, you've made, you've crossed to the light. You, yes. You're going to be the pet. And you're going to be Grug's pet. You're going to be Grug's pet. And it was just like the coolest thing. We get that nice little flip where you also realize that Chunky's scared of the dark. Yeah. And he's like, he wants to cuddle next to me. Like, oh, I, 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 I guess I'm a, a cat person. I guess. <laughs> and he got the coolest cat. Mm-hmm. They're like, no, now granted, he's not as cool as Gigi. That, well, let's, that goes let's, without saying. But let's, let's not, you know. He, ain't, he, 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 doesn't hold a, he doesn't hold a candle to Gigi. That's true, but he's a very close second oh, to, yeah. in, in my book. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just be like, we got to find a, a movie has dogs in it. <laughs> the Isle of Dogs? <laughs> Done Scooby-Doo. What more do you want? Uh, done Scooby-Doo. We've done uh, all those good. All those good to heaven. We need to do that we one. The Peanuts movie. We that did is all true. Good right. Um. Well, like we said, Scooby-Doo versus Courage the Cowardly Dog. Yeah, that one's coming we, up. We need to do that one. Yeah. So either way, it's like yeah, it's the idea that uh, they they design like the character designs are primarily the uh uh oh I just said it just a second ago. <laughs> The the um, McCarnivore. The McCarnivore. The McCarnivore. And all, 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 yeah. McConaughey. McConaughey. <laughs> that sounds like a cat. Right, 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 right. Cat. McCat. There we go. Kitty. The McKitten. Yeah. Either way. The McKitten. Yeah. I, just, I, I love the design. I thought it was a really cool idea to, you know, make this really, really ferocious, big headed cat into just like, you know, be like. Like now I want like a plush of that cat. I don't know why, but now I want a plush of it. But uh, so yeah, that is my favorite. Is the uh, the uh, uh, the the fusion of all these different animals mm-hmm. and definitely chunky like cat. Yes, yeah. awesome character design. It's just a cool character. Mm-hmm. What is your number there? I love everyone's misreadings of what's going. True, because here's the thing: they say that it's an apocalyptic event. Very true. What is the apocalyptic event that we're talking about? The breaking up of Pangea. Pretty much. <laughs> They never say that, but the, you see Pangea at the very beginning, and you can see it already starting to break up. Yeah. Now, to touch on as a Christian. Okay. The Bible does not talk about Pangea. No, it doesn't. It doesn't talk about the separating of the continents. No. And pretty much the story of creation is very different from what we see in uh, or what science claims. Right. But I'm, I'm just going to throw this out there. Go for it. How do we not know that there wasn't a Pangea at No, we don't know. Like here, there... Here's my, here's my thing. Yeah. Right now, in the center of the Atlantic Ocean, where the Atlantic plate, no, the uh, North American plate and the Afro-Eurasian plate. Right. I think it's Afro-Eurasian. It may just be Eurasian. It's been a long time since geology. Uh, we do know there is a mid-Atlantic ridge and those plates are separating. Yes. They're slowly being pushed apart. Um, who's to say that did not happen sometime around, I don't know, the Tower of Babel? You never it know. could have happened. I don't know. Yeah. Um, we do know in the Bible that that's when language split apart. Right. So, you know, I could see maybe in an effort to completely split up humanity at that time, God mm-hmm. put some people on the other side of the world via the separating of the continent. Agreed. I could see this happening. Um... So I don't know if Pangea existed or not, but, you know, I at least can rationalize. Yeah. Here's the, th- even, I don't know. It's, as a Christian, I don't hate what we're seeing here. It's just, I don't like it. Cause I, I from what I, as far as I can tell, now that being said, yeah, this is a fantasy story above yeah. all else, because even exactly. if it is based on evolution, yeah. none of those animals can exist. 
exactly. Yeah, and biologically. Exactly. Yeah, biologically. They can't exist because they're literally taking modern day animals, pieces apart, and sticking them back together. So this is a fantasy movie overall, even though it is including parts, no matter how you look at it, even though it's including parts from uh, the theory of how humanity and mm -hmm. everything else came up together. I don't know. That's just how I look at it. So Totally get it. But you, you've got the breaking apart of Pangea, like I said. You've got, they say it's apocalyptic events. The world will not be the same after after this. They, act, he, guy says that or mm -hmm. something very much akin to that. I'm thinking, yeah, it won't be the same after that. That doesn't mean the world is ending. It's just the end of the world as you know it. Yeah. Here's the and thing. I feel fine. The world has ended as we know it probably about 35 times since I was born. At least, because that's that's one. I'm assuming at least once a year, something yeah. has changed to some degree that has made the world different than the way it was. Agreed. In some way, form, or fashion, there's probably a trillion more times more than that. Yeah. Because I bet you, every second of every day, the world is uh, in the world as we knew it ends, and a new one begins. Yeah. Technically. Right. So yeah, you see this. And they're talking about it's the end of the world. Keep on. This came out in 2014, which means it's two years after 2012. Which means it was being produced before 2012. Yeah, so during the, so the scare of the Mayan calendar. So they're of the Mayan calendar ending. Right. Because it never occurred to anybody that that just could have been as far as the guy carving the stones, uh, you know, carved that. Yeah. But so they're thinking about the end of the world, so they're bringing it up. And just like in reality, yeah, the, the world changed. It didn't end. So what are you afraid of? You know, our world is always changing. You know who's God? Exactly. And that's just the best way I know how to, how, how, that's how I stand. Mm -hmm. God is not changing and I'm going to, and I can rely on him far more than I can rely on any of y'all. Exactly. No offense. Even you. I can nine, rely on God more than you. Nine seconds. Okay. Just making sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm going to rely on God and not what all these other people are saying. And I know that doesn't seem like it has anything to do <laughs> with what's going on. Here. Right. But they rely on each other. But that's because they're a family. They're not. And the only reason guys in the family is because they've accepted him. Exactly. And we all the other pets. <laughs> we don't know if he's going to marry or can he marry. I don't know. We don't know if they're going to become a couple. I'll say. Yeah. And they could get mad at each other, and he could run off. Who knows? I mean, unfortunately, more than likely, either Gran will had to have been recast for, or she would have had to have passed because Cloris Lee. Mm. between the two right so there's gonna be some time jump when we get to the new one i haven't seen the new one so i don't know what yeah. happened so no spoilers but yeah um things are always changing and you kind of have to have a positive outlook and you know depend on god that's just how i look at it i got you good point but yeah everyone's misreading they, they all are seeing this as these horrible events that are going to destroy the world yeah the world's not being destroyed it's just changing yeah life so changes I, I like I, I like how they show that that it's yeah. just Here's how we see things, but it's not the end. Yeah. Continue. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like the idea that when, uh, when like the idea of life throws you a hardball, be like, and you get hit uh -huh. <laughs> extremely hard by it. It doesn't mean the world ends. No. Be it like, may, you may go be going, let's face COVID is a thing, whether we yeah. like it or not. Exactly. Whether we have virtue signaled over the course of the past two, no matter how you've reacted, we can definitely say the COVID-19 pandemic happened. It's changed our world. Forever. Better or worse. Yeah. For better or worse. Exactly. No matter what, the world in 2021 is different than the world in 2020. Exactly. Two years ago, our the way we knew the world 
pretty and much. Now we're in a new world. Yeah. It's not, you know, the final name. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus doesn't come back yet. Yeah. Jesus doesn't come back yet. But um, the world, the way the world is now is different than it was just two years ago. Right. The world didn't end. Yeah. How we react to things, the some of our culture has changed. Mm-hmm. Some for the good, some for the worse. Exactly. Some people are just stupid, and they will always be stupid no matter what the world's doing. That is and, true. And for those of you political people who think I'm talking about the other team, they're on both teams. That is true. I'm just saying. I'm not. I, we're not getting into politics. I'm just putting it out there that politicians are not two sides of the same coin. They're the same side of that coin, and the other side of that coin is death quoting something but i don't remember what <laughs> i think doctor who now that i think about it but anyway um it's the world change yeah the world changed in in 2012 minorly the world changed for the crudes in this movie mm-hmm. it, an apocalyptic event happened and they survived yeah and now they're trying to survive in the new world much like for us an apocalyptic event occurred yeah whether it need to be apocalyptic or not, or if it's just our reaction into a bit yeah. of an apocalypse or not. Not getting into any of that. Right. But we had a major world-changing event. Agreed. The world didn't end. Exactly. The world continued because it's a brave new world and hopefully... I, I, I'm going somewhere with this, but I'm not sure where. We, there's there's always going to be an earth tomorrow. There'll always be an... Yeah. That's the thing. We're always going in. Yeah. Now, as Christians, mm-hmm. tomorrow is an old heaven. Exactly. Can't say that for everybody else. Exactly. But anyway, I think I've rambled a little too much. <laughs> You're good, man. You're good. What's your first dislike, my, my friend? My first dislike, this was a really hard movie to dislike. <laughs> yes, I actually sat here like, for, it was actually after I wrote all these likes and was trying to sitting here thinking of dislikes that Fry Force happened last night. <laughs> uh, the, 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 on, the, the only thing I could think of is more of like an annoyance. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a certain line that's said about four times in this movie. Dun, okay. dun, dun. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's like okay. Belt is a really cool character. He's voiced by Chris uh, Chris, Chris Sanders. Chris Sanders, thank you. Stitch, Stitch. <laughs> but um, when be like when he goes dun 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 for the first time, it's okay. Mm-hmm. He does the second that- time. That's great. But the second the the last two times, it's like okay, that's a little. I, I understand it's his catchphrase. Yeah, it's, a, it's it. a joke. It's a joke, but they're overplaying it just a little bit. Which is odd because here the thing is they say you know they say you say it uh, the way way a running gag goes because that's what this yeah the first time you're establishing the gag the second time you're establishing that it's a it, that it's going to keep, it's going to appear from time to time exactly third time is the last time that you should do it when people are expecting it. Yeah. You do it a four. Mm-hmm. It needs to well. Exactly. But then you can't really do it. They do it six times. Yeah, it's like four or five times. And four it's ev- every time someone says, it's the end of the world. world. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> it's like, really? Yeah. You're, you're, you're playing this joke to the hilt and it's stop- It's not getting funny. <laughs> I mean, okay. So I played the horse wing at the chlor- at, at Frau Blue Herb. Exactly. Earlier. That's a running gag. It's a running gag for our show, mm-hmm. and it's a run- and I am continuing the running gag from the movie Young Frankenstein, in which when people say Frau Blucher's name, hang on, I did that wrong. <laughs> I can't do this too many times. I should do it. Yeah, exactly. It's gonna get old. <laughs> but when anyone says Frau Blucher's name, <laughs> the horse wins. Exactly. They do it three times. First time when she shows up. And she says her name, Frau Blucher. The horse went. The second time when Gene Wilder says her name, Frau Blucher, 
the horse winning. Same scene. The third time, it's just like, okay, this is starting to... They do it one more time, and it still works here. But all it is is uh, Igor sticking his head out, shouting, Blue her! And the horse is winning again. So the scene's <laughs> over. You expect, okay, the joke's done. Yes. They The scene, it goes on for like another five minutes. They're up there. Uh, she's... Uh, they, they run a couple other jokes in this time. Mm-hmm. At, at finally, uh, you know, he's laying down. She's leaving the room. And he says... Good night, Frau Blucher. That's how you do the joke. Yeah. If you're going to play it more than three times. Exactly. You wait until you have the, the audience has forgotten yeah. the joke. So that when it comes up again, you go, oh yeah, and it's funny. And then they don't do it the rest of the movie. Yeah. I actually need to watch them. I'm wondering now if they actually say, no, they do do it one other time, but it's halfway through the movie. And oh. They, anyway. And, but that's the last time they do it. Yeah. Uh, but that's how that's how you do it. Here in the Croods, they do the dun 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 thing five six times. Yeah, and they're not spaced. They're, they're spaced out just enough that you kind of forget the joke, but then it comes back, which you think would work. Yeah, but the problem is because of the way that timing is every time. You now expect anytime someone says our world ended for Belt to go dun 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 in some capacity. Yeah, in some capacity, it's like. You don't do it every time. You gotta have leave a couple. It's like, oh, they didn't do it. So that you think the joke's over. Yeah. So that when you do play the joke, it's funny again. Right. At least one. But anyway, that was, I I kind of jumped in. No, 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 you're good. That that was my, that was my number one dislike is the overuse of the dun, dun, dun thing. (laughs) Right. So my first, and all of my dislikes, I'm going to say they're nitpicks. Okay. If we're being honest. But um, they make awfully good time in this movie. They do. And the movie's only like an hour and a half. The only start making the journey about a half hour into the movie. Yeah. They make it across that jungle in what appears to be three days. Roughly. Roughly three days. This is not a small jungle. This is like walking from here where we are in Jacksonville, Texas, to like the Mississippi River. On foot. On foot. At least seven day journey. Probably a lot more because I'm not good at estimating this. And we're only talking about what? From here? Okay, by car, it is about two hours from here to the Texas-Louisiana border. And I think it's about another... Th- so it's about five hours by car, I think. So I, you know, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. It's probably about maybe a month's journey in reality. But that's about the distance we're talking about. And they do it in three days, all while inventing shoes and photographs and all this other stuff and falling in love with animal pets and all this other... They, they go through a lot of scenery. They go, It's... Crazy how much good time they have in three days. Yeah. At most that we see them that's that it takes them and even that yes, sure, when they when people when you make these journey movies, there's always the assumption, okay, yeah, we're gonna skip it's gonna we're gonna be a couple times where we're gonna go from one day to the next and not show the transition day. And there is a montage or two that could make up for that, but they still act like it's only been three or four days since they left the a week at most. They made awfully good time to get all the way over there with on foot with a McConaughey, a McConaughey chasing. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. Okay, so I did pull it up uh, to reach the Mississippi River from our current location. Uh-huh. It would take ten hours fifty nine minutes by car. Okay, but where is it? That uh, looks like it's up there. Pretty hot car. Yeah, it's up towards uh, St. Louis. 
Okay, that's to get to St. Louis. Yeah. You can get to the Mississippi River a lot faster than that from well, here. Well, that was, that was the first thing that it popped up you, to. All you got to do is go up to I-20 and then go over a ways. Yeah, either way. I don't, I'm not doubting it. I'm just, now I've got to look. <laughs> you know me, dude. Yeah, I know. I know. I Maps from, yeah, this is all going live. I'm not taking this out. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Okay, that's okay, there's the edge of Louisiana. Let's just say Vicksburg, because that's like Vicksburg, Mississippi is right on I twenty. It's right there at the at the Mississippi River, technically on the Mississippi. Side. And I messed that up here. Yes, driving I directions is, to here. Okay, I know this is totally riveting stuff, people. Sorry, <laughs> I I'm, I'm going to get this right quick. Okay, hang on. Okay, by car, four hours and twelve minutes. Oh, okay. that does take you north to I twenty, but roughly by walking, it is a hundred and seventy. Well, that's going... Look how far down it went. Wow. I guess that's the closest footbridge. I guess. Uh, I don't how know. Because you probably can't take... You probably can't walk I-20, I bet. Probably not. That's why. 176 so hours. Yeah, but that's going like all the way down here to Baton Rouge. Jeez. And then walking all the way back up here. This wow. is not a good that's reference. It's not a good route. It's not a good route. Uh, but still, that's... It's say 535 miles even with the dip. Yeah. Uh, let's say that that's probably what a hundred miles between the dip and up there. So yeah. let's just round it to three hundred miles. Yeah, that's three hundred miles. We're talking about walking at what twenty miles a day on average. Most people can get probably like twelve to twenty miles a day. I'm I'm assuming yeah. the crews are much more fit than we are. Yeah. Have you seen them run? <laughs> I've seen them run. So I'm assuming they maybe can make a little bit better time. Yeah. So I'm honestly going to assume an average of twenty miles a day. That's fifteen days. Yeah. They did it in seven. They made really good time. Yeah. And admittedly, I'm estimating distance here. I mean, we don't really know how far that was, but they still were able to go fast, walk faster than the separating of the continents. It don't move that thing. The earth separ probably separated slow, but I don't think it separated that slow. Mm -hmm. I think it was more of a crack, more like Ice Age when Scrap puts his Oh gosh, down. That <laughs> but anyway, that's just a theory. A geology theory. Okay, that's a stupid joke. Okay, uh, Pat. Pat. <laughs> anyway, that's my first dislike is them making awfully good time. Do you yes. have any other dislikes? My my only dislike you you like you brought it up. It's when they are uh, guys like okay, we gotta head for this mountain, and uh, you see in the first scene where they're running like so many miles because they put it in fast forward, yeah. like running to go get an egg. And so when guy says we gotta go to this mountain, and the son says be like. That's too far to walk. We're like, are you kidding me? Y'all can run that distance, probably. Yeah. That's the thing. If they were running that distance, I could the time there. Yeah. But they're walking but it. But they're walking it. And they're going through rough terrain and everything. If they were going the opposite direction to the desert, yeah, you can make this distance easy. Especially at that running pace. And you don't step on all those... Ow. Yeah. Uh, shell things. Mm -hmm. Speaking of which, my second dislike... Where do they find seven seashells? In the middle of Pangea. They're, not They're nowhere near the sea. They don't even see a river. Exactly. They only see maybe one or two bodies of water total. And they're very small and probably seashell uh, or sea snails. Sea what, are a sea what is in the seashell? What makes uh, a seashell? A snail? <laughs> sea a snail, yeah. yeah. May not be enough. I think there could be because you know, this is a weird place. But where do you find these big old seashells? In the middle of Pangea. Exactly. I can maybe take the first one. Maybe Guy brought it from, you know, where he was on maybe a coastline somewhere. Or maybe he got it from somebody. But they find seven more. Yeah. Seven more. 
Yeah, maybe, okay, maybe Guy had one from before. Maybe. But they still find all these other ones so that everybody has a shell. Yeah. Where did they find them? Anyway. Yeah. Anything, any other dislike before I hit my third and last one? I, I think I'm good with likes. Because I, I literally just, like I said, I these are all nitpicks and I kind of worked at it until I finally found three. Uh, my third one, why is there absolutely no evidence for anyone but the seven people in the entire world? There's no ruins. There's no evidence of, I mean, sure, I don't want to see a skeleton because it's a kid's show. Yeah. Well, you do see a skeleton of a, a whale. Yeah, you see a skeleton of a whale, but you don't see human skeletons. Oh, well, yeah. We're obviously not going to go this there. This is not Coco, where it makes sense. Yeah. Um, but there's no evidence there, There's no evidence of a campfire in any of these places they go, which uh, there's no evidence of any human settlement of any kind. Mm. Now, admittedly, they're walking through the middle of a jungle. Maybe this is a dense jungle most cave people would not have gone in in the first place. Right. But we don't even see evidence of people... In the desert area, at the beginning of it, all we get is the little cave painting in the prologue that yeah. show other people getting eaten by dinosaurs. That was interesting. That was interesting. It was nice. Why do we see any evidence of their structures anywhere? Hmm. Why does it look like the that the Crudes lived there their whole lives and never saw anybody? Anybody? There should be something. And like, uh, I mean, if, even if fire is new, so new that they've never seen it. Yeah. I would still think we see that um, Sandy, is that the, the baby's name? Yeah. She's got a doll. Mm-hmm. So if he got a doll, other people may have dolls too. There should yeah. be some very extremely rudimentary forms of civilization, markings of civilization, at least in the desert area. Yeah. There's nothing. Yeah. There's nobody. As far as we can tell, there are only seven human beings in this entire world. The Croods and Guy. Yeah. Apparently, they, they expanded no. on that in the second one. <laughs> Maybe so. But it's annoying that it's not here. Agreed. And that's my third dislike. Like I said, okay. it's a nitpick because you don't actually need any of that. Right. Be nice. Make the world feel more lived in. Yeah. I know the world is new here, but I want, if you're going by evolutionary rules, there should be billions of years of history before. Mm -hmm. But anyway, that brings us to the end of our review. Yes. Which means we need to rate this thing. I'm giving it 8.5. It's just oh, okay. like, this, this is a a really enjoyable film uh it's it's got a lot of heart behind it it's got a lot of like uh your main care like is ug like your main character he's not I'm really not, he's not i'm really not really sure i think grug is like the primary protagonist but eep is a close secondary yeah exactly so like in the be like it's got you know your one of your main characters learning a very valuable lesson in like not being afraid and not just you know you know, going towards the sun, as they say in the movie. But it's just like, it's a really fun movie. And like, animation's beautiful. The use of color is amazing. Um, like, watching this film, and I'm like, whoa, this is really good. And realizing that Chris Sanders did it. And I was like, whoa, okay, now I'm blown away. Mm -hmm. This is really good. And then you have, like, uh, the the performance which blew me away was uh, uh, Gug. Grug. Grug. I'm always going to say that wrong. Grug. Uh, it's an odd name for our tongues. I agree. Grug, uh, voiced by Nicolas Cage, who just killed it. I thought it was like, wow, that's an amazing performance. Everybody else in the movie did a great job. It just, it, it blew my mind. Like animation and plus Chunky's an amazing cat. Mm -hmm. And I can't believe I'm saying that. It's a cat. I like cats. They're like some animated cats. I'm going to have to draw him in GG. <laughs> That'd be GG it. GG writing Chunky. Exactly. I could see that. Either hey, way. Chunky, look, it's me. 
Chucky's just like, I can, I can, I can eat you. Well, he did try to eat that that uh, what what the the what they never describe what they are. It's like a like a I don't know. It's a it's too carnivore. No, the the thing that Chunky tries to eat at the very end of the movie, and then Krug uh says like, no, spit it out. Oh, I he don't spits out the two. Uh, oh, the thing that ends up being Grand's uh, uh, net boa, yeah, thing. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what those are besides raccoon pandas with who are sharing a tail. Yeah, they never describe who what they are, but yeah, it's it's a great movie. It's a great movie, and just like yeah, it's definitely family friendly, and definitely go watch it. If you wake up in the morning and there's a brown cat here, it's probably me. This chunky ate me. <laughs> I don't know. I was trying to try, I was trying to keep that going. Oh my gosh, that was good. That was good. Anyway, I'm giving it an eight. All right. Uh, this is a, a much more fun movie than I was expecting. Right. Um. I strangely enough, I think this could work as a stage production very easily. I can totally see that. Um. And that would be something I might want to see. Uh, but it's, 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 it is very, the story is very tight. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a great fun little story and I like the story it gives us. So yeah, I'm giving it an eight. All right. I totally agree with you. And that brings us to the end of yet another episode of the cast. Join us next week. And we are, as we review a movie I have not seen, I've only, I maybe seen one time, maybe seen one time. I've seen parts of it. Can't tell you. I remember most of the, mm-hmm. But it is Atlantis, the Lost, Lost Empire. Empire. Oh, that's going to be. So yeah, join us next week for that. In the meantime, this has been Drew. This is Jacob. And we'll catch you in the next frame. Come, Jacob. We must prepare for next week. Prepare for what, Drew? Same thing we do every week, Jacob. Record a podcast! Oh, boy! So where can they find you, Jacob? You can find me on Facebook at Jacob B. Heron, also on Facebook at Jacob's Daily Art Corner, where I try to draw each and every day. I don't get to it as often as I like, but uh, join me there. Also, you can find me on Instagram at Jacob B. Heron, on Twitter at Jacob Heron, and Letterbox at Jacob Heron. So where can they find you, Drew? You can also follow me on Letterbox at GGeorge759, Facebook as Drew Dodgen, uh, my Facebook page where you can see pictures I've taken at Drew's Photo Bin. You can also follow me on Twitter at GGeorge759. You can email us at thecellcastpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at cast underscore cell. You can follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash thecellcastgaming. You can also follow us on YouTube at Cellcast. Listen to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and your favorite podcast directory. You can also listen to us on the Movie of the Week podcast with Jim Heron, where we talk about live action movies. And remember, Cell is a single L. L.